nice to see everybody today, and we welcome you to Louisville First Assembly. And uh, just how many of you have come today expecting a really great day in the Lord? Yeah, amen. Man, it's going to be an awesome day. Hey, I want you to know that right now we have 12 people that are going to be water baptized in this service this morning. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? And every one of them is a walking testimony of the changing power of God Almighty. Some of them you're going to see here today. Some of them have known Christ because a parent taught them in the ways of the Lord. Some of them because a son taught them in the ways of the Lord. Some of them because friends led them in the ways of the Lord. And it's amazing. We come to the Lord in different ways, but the main thing is that we come to the Lord, okay? So it's going to be a good day. We're going to continue our worship through the giving of the Lord's tithe and offerings. And I'd like to invite our ushers, if they would, to come at this time. And we're going to prepare to give unto the Lord. As I've said many times, I do not apologize for this. This is our opportunity to trust God that He's going to take care of the needs of our home. But also, we're spreading the good news. We just want people to come to know Jesus Christ so that not only will 12 people be water baptized, but maybe the next time we can have 20. How's that sound? And uh, just, just want to see God do some really great things. So would you take your tithes and offering in your hand as we pray over these today? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful and so blessed to have you as our Lord and Savior. And as we are preparing to worship you through the giving of our tithes and offering, Lord, we do this in obedience to your word, and we do this so that we can see many more come to know Christ. We do this so that believers can be discipled and strengthened. And Lord, also we know that as we do this, that you're going to take care of the needs of our home. That's what you promise, and that's just what you do. So Lord, we thank you for this privilege that we have to give to you today. We ask your blessing upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. A couple of uh, quick announcements uh, for our, there was an insert for Mega Sports Camp. This is our vacation Bible school this year, and I don't want to take a lot of time on this. There's all kind of information, the dates, the time, uh, the, the uh, meeting that's coming up, uh, items needed for vacation Bible school. This is going to be one incredible time when we really, truly reach our community for Jesus Christ. So uh, take that, read it, and uh, let's, let's use it. I also uh, just want to say tonight at 5.30, we are having a church fellowship with uh, Maslin First Assembly of God. So Maslin and Louisville are coming together, and uh, we're just going to have a great time at the North Canton Skating Rink. And how about this? Free laser tag, bumper cars, and free skating tonight for the family. So just come on out. Now, if you rent skates, it's $2, okay? But everything's free. Uh, snack shop will be open. That's not free. And we just want you to come. Let's just have a good time. The only people at this, uh, at this facility tonight are going to be the people from our church and Maslin Church, okay? So just believers, it's going to be just a, a wonderful time and looking forward uh, to that. And then also continue to pray for the leadership of this church, uh, wisdom concerning a parking lot and, and various things. We just have so many things going on. But I do want to say, if you've ever been in our Family Life Center into the restrooms, um, they're in great need, and uh, God has provided a way where we're getting brand new restroom floors this week installed free. How many of you love that word free? 
I'll tell you, as, as our church is reaching out and touching other churches and other people, uh, God's providing, and that's just, that's just the way it works, folks. Um, and then uh, today, uh, we just want to celebrate some of our, our graduates in our church. And uh, Scott is going to be coming and sharing with uh, the, the younger ones that are graduating from, from the kids' church into the, the high school. Uh, so Scott, come on up here. And as, as Scott comes... Um, you know, th there's certain people that have a real passion for things, and Scott's one of them. Man, you, you just love this guy. And um, he has worked himself into a job. And uh, for a couple years, he has been working here at the church on a very part-time basis. Well, we've been paying you very part-time. He's been working a lot of hours. And um, we just really, the, the leadership of this church, we've been in communication with Scott and talking as the church is growing, and we're a life-changing, family-building church, and children are such a, an important part we see in, in what God is doing here at this church. Um, we've invited Scott to come and uh, work full-time at the church beginning tomorrow. <laughs> Welcome again. Okay. going to be an interesting time at the office. Pray for Marcia. <laughs> he, I, we, She's my older sister. We, we like to tease Marcia, yeah. my, my yeah. wife, if you don't know who that is, okay? <laughs> but Scott's like a young brother to her. I guess an old brother. I don't know. How old are you? Any, never mind. Let's go on. Mind. I didn't turn 60 this month, so. Whoa. I told you it's going to be a good time at the office. If you don't have cable and need some entertainment, stop by the church through the week. Remember that position that we considered? Yeah, right. <laughs> Forget it. All right. Um, we had a sign-up sheet with the graduates out in the lobby for the sixth graders going into seventh grade. Uh, part of the benchmarks that Pastor's been talking about and sharing in Sunday school class um, as kids move on, um, part of that benchmark in commemorating is to give out Bibles because well, you, know, you know how I feel about the Bible. Anyway, yeah, absolutely. Um, mostly. And so we have three here um, that these are the ones that signed up. So if I missed a sixth grader, I apologize. But these are the ones that signed up. Are they up here? Did they, they didn't go downstairs, did they? I know Josh is here. Is Asa here? Is he up here? I'm going to run and grab him. And then Randy Ellis, are you here? I'm going to call you up. But Okay, cool. All right, good. Let's do this. All right, we're going to start with our first sixth grader. We got them a nice student Bible that hopefully by the time they graduate from high school will be nice and worn out, and they'll need the new one that Pastor Matt's going to show you in a few minutes. So Randy Ellis, we're going to start with you. Come on up. So to Randy Ellis from Louisville First Assembly, Pastor Scott, on May 31st, 2015, sixth grade promotion to seventh grade. Good job, Randy. Good job, Randy. Nice. And a newcomer, this, this kid is really interesting because he's, he's in sixth grade, going into seventh, and I, I've heard college and some other stuff. Real, really, really, really awesome kid, uh, what, if you've ever... Just watch him worship God. It's really, really cool. It'll bless you. Josh Hoffman. There's yours. That's the right version. Oh, there he is. All right. And then hey, our last one, and it actually says Molador. 
because he, uh, Mike and Kelly, uh, adopted them uh, last year. It was last year, right? Yep. So, Asa Molador, come get yours, buddy. Thank you. Yep. Hi, buddy. He, um, wow. he's been, he's been actually. I've been pushing him to kind of help, and he's, he's a really good example to the munchkins downstairs. He gets a little bored with some of the material because we have K through 6, but he's, uh, he's a really great example and, and knows his stuff, and it's been awesome to have him down there. Look forward to seeing him in youth group because we're youth sponsors too. So, all right, I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Matt, and he's going to take care of our graduates. We also had um, six, we also had a sign-up sheet out there, and we had six people um, sign up, so if, once again, if we do miss you, um, we are sorry, but we're going to call these people up. We have Josh, if you could come up here, Josh Reinhardt, Josh Barch, um, Kyle Zakasi, Catherine Smith, Ben Mills, and Nicole Lurch. You guys can come up on, yeah, come up on stage, that'll be fun. These are. Uh, Do we give these to them? These are just uh, some of our graduating seniors, either from high school or college, um, and we got them a student study Bible with their names engraved. Um, just really nice. So, so before we uh, um, let them leave, I just want them to say real quick what they're going to do in the future, where they're going to school or where they're going to work. Um, just a real short note about what their plans are if they have any. Um, hopefully that they do. Say where you're going to school and what for. Right, and state your name. Okay, just listen to Josh. I am um, Josh Barch, and I'm going to the University of Akron to study computers. <laughs> I'm going, oh no, I'm Josh. <laughs> Reinhardt. And I'm going to the University of Akron, too, and I'm studying numbers. Numbers? Uh, I'm Ben Mills. Hi, Aunt Joy. Um, I don't really have a plan yet, but it's coming along. I'm Nicole Lurch. I just graduated from Altman College of Nursing, so right now my plans are to take the NCLEX, which is my boards, and then hopefully work at Altman as a nurse. All right. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you, Sudan. These are, we're really proud of all these kids. They worked hard in high school, and we're really excited to see what God um, does through them in the future, and hopefully this Bible is something, like Scott said, that by the time they graduate high school or start a family is really worn out and, and really used well. Um, and also, my wife was mad at me because I didn't get her a Bible, but technically she did graduate um, this year. Um, she graduated technically from Evangel, um, so hopefully she can get a job soon. <laughs> I'm going to leave now. <laughs> Too many words.
You know, we get in trouble when we say that last line. So we've got to be careful on that. To all the Matt Mills out there who don't know what they're doing after high school. I mean, Ben, excuse me, Ben. See, what do I know? Um, ben, I didn't know what I was doing when I graduated from high school either. When I graduated from high school, everybody I know went to Temkin Roller Bearing, they went to Republic Steel, they got a job, they worked for 30 years, and then they retired. And that's, <laughs> times have changed, have they not? And um, that's what I thought I was doing, and then in, in August of that summer, that's when I really felt a call of God to, to go into uh, to, uh, college. Um, but that was for me, and that's not for everybody, so just keep your heart open and let God direct you. Amen. And a moving car is a lot easier to steer, okay? So just keep moving toward God. Okay, good deal. All right, you ready for the word? Amen. Well, you're going to hear it anyhow. Okay. <laughs> Please, take your Bible, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. And um, wow, as we prepare for the water baptismal service today, and uh, the, the goal is to, uh, I'm just going to share, uh, share my heart today about water baptism, and then uh, we're going to dismiss the baptism candidates, and we'll, we'll explain that in just a moment. But there's a word of God about a man of God whose life was changed through God's presence to him, but also through his obedience into water baptism. I truly believe that water baptism will make a, a huge difference in someone's life. I, I know it did my life when I was water baptized. So Acts chapter 9, we're going to be looking at a man named Saul, who later became Paul, one of the great missionaries of the church. Acts chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So what are you saying? He was trying to get permission to arrest every Christian, every believer that he found. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed all around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. We know your word is anointed. But Lord, I need the anointing in my life, and I just pray that you will guide my thoughts, that you will guide my words, that every ear in this place, the ear to our heart is going to be open, and we're going to hear something today that's going to change our, our, our entire life. And God, we thank you for it, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And a historic event took place on this particular day where Saul, the greatest enemy of the church was going into Damascus, and he went there for one reason. He's going to arrest every believer he could find. He was going to persecute them, and he was going to try to destroy their life. He was in charge. His big job was in charge of keeping the new believers quiet. And he would do that, verse 1 here, by murderous threats. 
In other words, he said, if you proclaim Jesus as Lord, I'm going to murder you. That's a pretty strong word. But also, they remember what he did uh, to one of the disciples named Stephen. As Stephen was being stoned to death because he gave his life to Jesus, Paul stood there and watched, and he gave approval. He was a bad dude. No one liked him. Everyone feared him. He was bad. In Saul's day, he would have been the equivalent of the leader of the the Taliban or ISIS and the, the, the worst possible persecutor of Christians today that we could imagine. That was Saul. He hated Christians. He despised Christians. He had a life mission to destroy every Christian he could find. He had this philosophy in life. The only good Christian is a dead Christian. He hated believers. He hated Christians. And he was coming to destroy everyone he could find. That's that's who the Christians were up against. On Saul's way to Damascus, this is an awesome story. On Saul's way to Damascus, all of a sudden, a bright light began to shine. And it's almost like Saul was on some kind of, of horse or whatever, and he fell to the ground. And this voice from heaven said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you coming against me? Who are you? Paul said, or Saul said, said, I am the Lord, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city. I have a plan for your life. Mm. It doesn't matter how bad we are. It doesn't matter what we have done. It doesn't matter our past. It doesn't matter our baggage. God loves us. He has a plan and a purpose for our life. Aren't you thankful for that one? Because if we looked at ourselves in a mirror and we begin to write down all of our faults and all of our weaknesses, we would feel as if we are not worthy. Here is a man, the Bible says three things about Saul throughout his ministry that we find in the Word. First of all, earlier in his, in his ministry, Saul said, I am the least of all the apostles. And then later, as he grew in God, he said, I'm the least of all the believers And then later as he grew in God, he said, I'm the least of all the sinners. It seemed like the closer he got to God, the more humble he became. And this man was as bad as anybody could possibly be, and God had a plan for his life. Mm, I love this story. He was so strong, so much authority, and now he was blinded. There were scales put over his eyes. He was totally dependent. He was confused. He was questioning what in the world is going on. He didn't know what was going on. But let me tell you this, folks. God is always in control. And God has a plan. And when we're going through things and we don't understand what is happening, just trust God. Why don't you learn this quickly, okay? Trust God because God has a plan. And here's part of the plan. In verse number 10, look at this. In Damascus, that's where Jesus said for Saul to go. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Folks, I have a feeling if you were murdering Christians and you're on your horse, and the light came down and threw you to the ground, you became blinded, you probably would start praying. And in a vision, he had seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands to restore his sight. So God told Ananias, I want you to go to the meanest, baddest man there is that ever walked this planet, and I want you to pray for him because I have a plan for his life. He just killed, uh, killed Stephen, 
He just persecuted other believers. He just threw them into prison, and God told Ananias to go to him because I love him and I have a plan for his life. Come on, seriously? Ananias reacted like I would have. Lord, Ananias answered, verse 13, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. Here's what Ananias said. God, I can't do that. He's going to kill me. You're asking me to do something very, very hard. This is, he's not a friend of Christians. He's going to hurt me. But here's what God said. I love this verse 15. I underlined this. I think this is awesome. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, exclamation. In other words, you better go, Ananias. This man, Saul, is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. God said to Ananias, I have chosen Saul. You say, Pastor Dan, what's the big deal? God had a plan for Saul's life before Saul ever gave his life to the Lord. I want you to hear me, church. God had a plan for Saul's life before Saul gave his life to the Lord. And that's true for Saul, and that's true for you, and it's true for me. And no matter what kind of background we have, God has a plan and a purpose. And you are not an accident. You were not just here because something happened one night. You were here because God has a plan and purpose for your life. And you may be serving God now. I want you to know he has a plan for you. And maybe you're 100 miles from God. God still loves you and has a plan for your life. Isn't that wonderful? Man, I love this story. This is awesome. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I can't wait to see these graduates up here. I can't wait to see what God has in store for them. These young kids that are going from sixth grade and moving up, I can't wait to see what God has in store for them because I was one of those sixth graders and I began to grow in the church and I began to hear about God and faith and God has a purpose for my life. And I'll tell you what, I'm here today because of that. I love this, love this, love this. So there's four things in this scripture, and I want to go fast here. I'm going to talk fast so you listen fast, okay? There's four changes in Saul's life that that we see here. First of all, he has a new life mission. In Acts chapter 9, we're going to be in Acts chapter 9, look at verse number 15. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument. You see, before Christ, this is so important. Before Christ, Saul thought his life was okay. He thought he was doing right. Saul even thought he was pleasing God. Saul thought that persecuting Christians was pleasing the Lord. He thought that whatever he was doing was okay in the eyes of the Lord. He thought everything was okay in his life before Christ. And guys, you know the story, you hear, you hear it every day at work. Why do I need God? My life's okay. Why do I need God? I have a decent job. I have a decent marriage. I have a decent car. I have a decent house. Why do I need God? I'll tell you why you need God. Because you're far from God and God loves you and he wants you in heaven with him someday. And We all need God. And there's no way to get to heaven except through Jesus Christ. That's what the word of God says. 
So, so we see that although Saul thought he was doing the right things, we can't base what is right on our decisions. We have to base what is right on what God's Word says. And now he has a new life mission because he, he saw the light. The light came down from heaven. He saw the light. He saw God. Do you remember the old song, Who Knows How Long Ago? You want me to sing this for you? I'm not going to. I saw the light. Remember that one? Hank Williams? I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I'm telling you what, when you see the light, when you see Jesus, when you have an encounter with God, when God gets a hold of your heart and God grabs you, your life cannot be the same because you will be frustrated and discouraged doing anything other than what God wants you to do. And I know that for a fact because I lived that for a bit. He had a new life mission. Before Christ, he had a job, but now he has a mission. His job was influential. His job was high-paying. He did his job well. He was high-respected, although not well-liked. But now he has a mission, and his life is going to matter, and his life's going to make a difference. And, and if you know the end of the story, Saul became Paul, who became probably the greatest missionary next to Jesus Christ that ever walked this earth. And I love it here because I believe there's many people in this church at Louisville First that have found their mission. They know what God wants them to do, and you're going to do it with all of your heart. You're going to just do it with all of your heart. And by the way, we're not all called to be pastors. Aren't you glad for that? Second, Paul, excuse me, Saul had a new character. Before Christ, we can look into this in verse 1 and 2. Before Christ... His heart was filled with hate. It was filled with anger. It was filled with resentment. It was filled with murder. Uh, Marsha and I were walking. I don't know where we were this week. And we saw a poster that said, Taste your words before you spit them out. Taste your words before you spit them out. I thought that was awesome. Paul had these nasty words in his mouth because of his nasty heart. Because what's in the heart comes out of the mouth. And he had a new character before Christ. He was evil. He was wicked. He was nasty. But he saw the light. Before Christ, he had no real friends. People were afraid of him. But now he saw the light. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And now after Christ, instead of relying on torture to get people to, to listen, he relied on love. And he relied on prayer. He relied on godly wisdom. And he began to share with them. You see, he had a passion before, but now he has a purpose. Every, let, me, let me say this. You can have a passion for the wrong things. Passion does not make something right. Hitler had a passion. He surely wasn't right. Saddam Hussein had a passion. He was not right. Some of you are Steeler fans. Doesn't make you right. Saul had a passion, but his character was a train wreck. Don't you get the idea? Don't you ever have the opinion, man, I'm passionate about this. It must be right. No, just means you have passion for it. The thing that changed in Paul's life 
was the scripture that he wrote to the church in 2 Corinthians 5.17. said this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. Behold, all has become new. The reason that Paul's character changed is because he had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And everything changed. Now it's a process, it's, it's progress in motion. But we have to understand, if we give our life to Jesus six months from now, we should be a different person than we are today. We should be growing in our walk with God. I'll tell you what, this man had a change in his character. And, and Christ can change our nasty heart, aren't you thankful? Give somebody an elbow. Third thing. He had a new relationship. Look at Acts 9, 17. Ananias, who was scared to death of Saul, he went to him, he placed his hands on him, and he said two words to begin. Brother Saul. Brother? He was scared to death of this person until Jesus said, go. Brother, a new relationship. You see, before Christ, Saul had acquaintances, but now he has some relationships. He has some foxhole buddies, and God brought godly people into his life to help him in his walk with God. And God's going to do that with you and me. He's going to bring godly people to us to help us in our walk with God. And Saul, for instance, he had Ananias right here. Later we see he has Peter, he has James, he has Barnabas, he has Timothy, he has Silas. All these guys came alongside of him to help him in his walk with God. Here's what I heard from people. Here's what I heard. I heard this. Some might say, if I follow Christ, I'm going to lose all my friends. I'm going to lose all my friends. Well, in this story, there's no mention that Saul even had any friends because it looks like nobody even liked him. But, but God can help you lead your friends to Christ. And I know that for a fact because right here in the Bible, we see Jesus called Andrew. And what did Andrew do? Andrew went and he told his brother, Peter, Hey, Peter, I found the Messiah. Here's one man talking to his brother, and brought his brother to Jesus. In the scriptures, we see God called Nathaniel, and Nathaniel went to a friend of his and said, Hey, Philip, I found the Messiah. So here's a man that Jesus reached out to, and all of a sudden, this man reaches out to Philip, and now instead of one believer, now there's two. God can use you to reach your friends. We know this is even true in the life of Saul. Saul, I, and nobody can look at this story and say, wow, if I had an experience like Saul and a light from heaven and Jesus showed up, how did that happen? The Bible tells us in Romans that Saul had relatives in the faith before Saul was a believer. And if your relative, if your cousin was killing Christians, what are you going to do? You're going to pray, God, save my cousin's soul. And people prayed for him, relatives prayed for him, and now he had an experience with God, and his life was changed. So God can save your friends through you, but on top of that, God's going to bring other people alongside of you. They're going to encourage you, they're going to love you, they're going to support you, they're going to pray for you, they're going to call you, they're going to send you notes, they're going to have coffee together, you're going to be buds, and sometimes our Christian friends are even closer than blood. And that's what God does. Can you think of any friends that you have right now in the Lord? And aren't you thankful for them? Amen. By the way, just begin to shout out a friend's name on three. One, two, three. Lord. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I don't know what you said. What'd you say? I just picked your joke. Guys, last point. Last point. Saul now had a new faith. 
He had a belief, but now he has faith. Just because you believe something doesn't make it true. Just because it's politically correct doesn't make it true. Just because your school teacher says it, sorry school teachers, doesn't make it true. Just because your friends say it doesn't make it true. The only thing that makes something true is what the Word of God says. That's the bottom line. That's the base. Why do you think I'm so excited that Scott and Matt gave the, the, these young people Bibles? It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. So Saul's encounter with Christ caused him to base his whole life from that moment on on what the Scripture was saying. And how do I know that? Because if, if you read through the book of Acts, Saul spent time with the writers of the gospel. He understood what truth was. He spent time with the eyewitnesses of the gospel. He knew that Jesus died. We just sang about it. He died. It was raised, raised again. He, he knew that because he talked to people. And then Paul made statements. Even in, in 1 Corinthians 15, he said this, but according to the scriptures, folks, we need to make sure that we believe things that are according to the scriptures. Not just because I want it. You know what's really dangerous? I want that to be true, so I'm going to follow it because that helps me with my bad choices. I want that to be true. Folks, let's find out what the truth is. And let's live by that. And that's why Saul's life was so revolutionary. You see, Saul became the apostle Paul. He did not get sidetracked with the latest religious fad going down the line. I thought it was going to get quiet. He did not get sidetracked with the theology of the, of the month. He didn't focus on all the junk. I've been in ministry 38 years. Boy, that's hard to say. And there have been fads come and go since 1977. And I've had people over the years say, well, Pastor Dan or Dan, how come you don't go that way and follow that? Man, that's pushing the edge of the envelope. I'll tell you why. Because it's not in the Word of God. And call me slow, call me whatever you want. I don't care, but I, I want to be known as somebody that's going to stand by God's Word. And that changed in, in Saul's life. He didn't just believe something. He found truth. And Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And we need to base up what we believe according to God's word, not because this is what I wish was true. Man, this is good stuff. I don't know if you're enjoying this or not, but this is good stuff. He focused totally on Scripture, not new weird teachings. And he wrote in 2 Timothy 3.16, he wrote this, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul said, everything you need to know about life is found in God's Word. You read that Word, you study that Word, you pray that Word, you live that Word, and you're going to be okay. It's the Word of God. Man, I love this guy. I love this guy. So how about us? If Paul had this change in his life, we, we, what, what, what about me? You see, there, there are quick steps here. He encountered Jesus on the road. 
He began to pray. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we see in chapter 9, in verse number 18, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He could see again, and he got up and was baptized. He was water baptized. You're probably wondering, are we ever going to get to water baptism? There it is, water baptized. God had a plan for his life, but something had to happen before he was ready to fulfill God's call. He had to understand that he needed the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. He needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but he needed water baptism. And you say, what's so important about water baptism? Water baptism is is important for this reason. It's an outward demonstration of what God has done inwardly. It's standing up. It's acknowledging that Jesus Christ is Lord. And no matter what I face and no matter the temptations, I remember that I went to the water. I've been to the water. I've been to Jesus. And Jesus changed my life. And when that water, I want you 12 to listen to me, when that water goes over your head today, I just want you to just sense that that's the presence of God just completely saturating your life. Paul went on to write in Romans chapter 6 that the water is like a water grave. That when you go under the water, it's like you're being buried to your sins. But when you come up, it's like you're being resurrected, a new person in Christ today. It's something that will change you. It's something if you allow this to happen today, you're going to remember this day when Jesus, it's just it's a symbol that Jesus washed away my sins and I've been resurrected to be a new person in Christ. Man. Folks, there are times in your life that you're going to sit back and you're going to be tempted to do something wrong. And I want every one of us who have ever been water baptized in our whole life, I want us to remember that day that we were water baptized and we made a decision. Nope, I'm going to stand for Jesus. No turning back. I made a decision. I I may not be perfect, but this is my heart. I'm going to stand for the Lord no matter what. That's water baptism. There's so much more I could say about that. But I pray that you and I would see the light and we would be changed like the apostle Saul. I want to have your attention upon this screen right now. And there's a short video that talks about water baptism. And following that, I'm going to give some instruction to the baptism candidates.
that's water baptism. Today, some of these that are being baptized are children. Don't look at them and say, oh, isn't that sweet? They're building a legacy. They're building a legacy. I would like those of you that are going to be water baptized, I want you to go out to the one aisle, go out the back door, toward the glass doors as you enter, go down the steps into the basement hall, and Pastor Matt's going to meet you right over here at the steps to the water baptismal tank. So I want you to go ahead, and Wes and his team are going to be coming up here. Give us about three minutes, or we're going to get started, okay? And our children from downstairs, I'm so happy to say they are coming here so that they can witness this great water baptism.
least another day on this earth. Okay? John, I'm real proud of you for being here today. So why don't you just tell everyone your name, please? I'm John Sherbin. And uh, John, I have a question for you. I need to know if you love Jesus more than anything. Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Many times, every day. Okay, good for you. Is there anything you'd like to say to your church family? I have plenty of family here today. The Oyster family and Grandma. I'm glad they came. See, here's an example where we can lead our friends to the Lord. Here's an example to face the argument that I'm going to lose all my friends. Because the Oysters have brought this friend into the family of God. And now you're finding that your family is bigger than blood. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Father, I pray your blessing upon our brother John. God, I pray that as he is making this stand at this point of his life, that when trials come and temptations come, that there is not going to be anything that's going to sway him from what your plan and your will for his life is. Lord, I pray that when that water goes over his head today, that he will know, that he will know, that he will be convinced that Jesus Christ is Lord, that his sins have been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that he's going to be changed into that man that he really wants to be deep inside. God, we thank you that he's taken this step, and we ask your blessing upon him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, John, step up here. And with your right hand, I want you to hold your nose. Hold your nose. And hold your wrist if you like. John Sherbert, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Michelle, give us your name, please. Michelle Ellis. And uh, do you have any family members in here? Yes, Landy Mendes. See, here's an example where a son follows the Lord and really makes an impact at home. And now here's mom. Pretty awesome, huh? Pretty awesome. I have a question for you, Michelle. Do you love Jesus? Yes, I do. Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. All right. Is there anything you want to share with your church family? I just want to thank everyone for everything you've done and, and led me in the right direction. I'm just so, so, so blessed to be here. Okay. And this is a big step for you. I know it is. Yes. But this is not the last step. Right. God has more steps for you. And the Bible says that he's the way. So you keep following after Jesus. And the church is here to help you. There's a lot of people here that can, can get you on that right path and help you to follow God. Okay? Father, I thank you for Michelle. I thank you for her life and her desire to follow after you. God, she wants to lead her family into the ways of the Lord now. She's taken a huge step today. 
God, we just pray your blessing, your anointing upon her, upon her home, your protection upon her home. God, you know what she needs. Give her the wisdom that she needs to lead her family now. Give her the wisdom to take those steps toward God. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you'd step up here with your right hand, hold your nose, please. And your left hand, hold your wrist. That's it. Michelle Ellis, I now baptize you. So give us your name, Randy. Randy Ellis. <laughs> and who is that lady that was just baptized in here? His mom. His mom. Landon's brother. So I have a question for you, buddy. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Yes. Okay. Is there anything you want to say to your church family out here? Look up on the steps. Your mother's watching. You see that? Pretty cool, huh? Randy, God has a plan for your life. How old are you? Twelve. You look through the scriptures. When Jesus was 12 years old, he was found in the temple studying God's word. He was hungry for more of God. And God had a great plan for him, of course, being Jesus. But God has a plan for you. Don't you ever let anybody tell you you can't make a difference. Don't let anyone tell you you're not that's a lie. You're important in God's eyes, okay? Just want you to know that. And he has a great plan for you. All right? So, Father, I just pray for my brother. I just pray for Randy that your hand will be upon him in a way that he has never understood up to this point. Let this be a turning point. As we saw in this, in this film today, God, let this be a turning point in his life. Lord, change him. Not only for a day, but for eternity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, my friend, with your right hand, I want you to hold your nose. Yeah, just face up for a second. Perfect, right here. Okay. Left hand, hold your wrist. Randy Ellis, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. those last two people that were baptized? My mom and my brother. Mom and brother. Wow. <laughs> this is really, really great. So I have a question to ask you that I asked them. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Yes. Oh, that was really great. Is there anything that you want to say to your church family out here? That I love them. Oh, how about that? She loves you guys. And uh, they're there for you. And uh, just let them really uh, speak into your heart. How, how old are you, Taylor? Boy, that's interesting age, isn't it? Mm -hmm. 
You're all grown up, and yet you have a ways to go. But God has a great plan for your life. 13-year-old girl, God loves you. He cares about you. And when you make friends, he's going to help you pick the right friends. It's going to help you down the road. Okay? And you can find some really great friends here at church. And they're going to be there to love you and care for you. Father, we pray for Taylor today. We ask your blessing upon her life. We thank you that she's taking this step today with her mom and her brother. Lord, this family is never going to forget this day. We thank you for her influence, and we pray your blessing upon that heart. When her trials and temptations come as a teenager, God, let her remember that she came to the water. She came to Jesus. And Lord, help her every day of her life. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you face this way? That's it. With your right hand. Tell us your name, please. Anna. Anna. Anna Hoffman, okay. And uh, Anna, I have a question to ask you that I ask everybody else. Do you love Jesus? Yes. And have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Yes. I know you have. Do you have family members out there? Yes. I see. I see mom and dad. I see grandma and grandpa out there. They're waving at you. They're real proud of you. I want you to know that. This is their heritage. Folks, think about this. This is their heritage from generation to generation to generation. And this is the way it's supposed to be. That's what God wants. And uh, we just believe that as you turn into a beautiful young lady, that God's going to use you in a really great way. You need to hold on to God. You follow God. And just fill your home with love. Fill your home with laughter and joy. Okay? Let's give God. Anna, let's pray. Father, I just pray your blessing upon our young sister. She knows exactly what she's doing. God, she has received you as Lord and Savior. We pray that you will just guard her heart, guard her mind, that nothing will happen to her in life that will not be according to your will. Take care of her, Lord, and may she be a great influence to those around her. We know that you have a plan for all children, but Lord, we, we know specifically for Anna that you have something special for her. Just bless her today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, my young sister, face this way with your right hand. Hold your nose. Your left hand, hold your wrist. Anna Hoffman, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This shouldn't be too difficult. <laughs> Faith, give us your name. Faith, I know. It's easy, aren't I? This is Faith Hoffman. And who is that uh, girl that was just in here before you? Your sister. 
isn't it nice to have uh, this time where the sisters can do it and she's up on top of the steps watching you with mom. Isn't that pretty awesome right there? Do you have family members out here? You see your dad, you see your grandpa, grandma? That's pretty awesome. They love you and they're really proud of you. I have a question to ask you. Faith, do you love Jesus? Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Come into your heart. I know you have. I just want you to know that God has a real plan for your life. He made you just like you for a reason. Okay? And I can't wait to see what that is. We're going to pray that that's going to happen. And today, because you're being water baptized, you're telling everybody, I love Jesus. And I want him to continue to be my Lord and Savior. I want to pray for you, okay? Heavenly Father, I thank you today for faith. And I just pray your blessing to be upon her. Lord, she's taken a huge step today. She didn't have to do this. But she loves you. And she's ready to follow after you. And God, we just ask your blessing upon her. That you will guard her mind, guard her heart, guard her in the things to come. You know the future. You have gifted her in certain ways. And we pray that she will fulfill every gift that God has for her. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, my sister, with your right hand, hold your nose. Left hand, hold your wrist. Faith Hoffman. mom and dad feel very good. The kids really have a genuine faith. One more. Here we go. You have been pleased. Okay, come up here. I just had this little girl in here, okay? This is a, well, give your name. Jonathan Quinn. Jonathan Quinn. And uh, I have a question to ask you that I ask everybody else. And uh, you have family members out here as well. And uh, you have your, your parents and grandparents out here, and it's really great. And, and again, church, it's just a heritage. It just goes on and on. We believe that you're a very special young man. And God has a real purpose for you. How old are you now? 17. You're 17? Boy, I remember being 17. The whole world is wide open, and yet you're saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I know that's your question. But we read in the scriptures today, you were here, that God is the one show you what that is. And when you say, do it, I have a feeling you're going to do it. Just do it. Follow God with all your heart. Be an example. I was 17 right in this church, and I had all kind of pressure with church kids and outside kids, and it was up to me to make the right decisions. You know all these things. It's up to you. And, uh, and I, we are confident in you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jonathan's life. We thank you that he at 17 is making a stand for God. Not being swayed by the world. He's making a difference in the world. And Lord, you know what the future holds for him. And we pray there will not be one thing that's going to hold him back from doing what God wants him to do. God, we just pray that you would just pour your spirit out upon him. May he follow you all the days of his life. And God, we thank you for that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Before we baptize you, is there anything you want to say out here?
face this way, please. And with your right hand, would you hold your wrist? I mean, no, I'm sorry. You got it. You know what you're doing. Jonathan Flynn, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son. say to your church family out here? Thank you guys. These guys are really helpful. Okay, we've seen you. we've seen you grow a lot in your walk with God. Don't let anything stop you. The only one that can stop you is you. You have to make a decision. I'm I'm all in for God. I'm all in. I don't care what anybody else does. I hope they follow me, but I'm in for God. And, and God's going to be there for you. Do you believe he has a plan for your life? Father, I thank you today for your love, and I just thank you for my sister. Lord, she is making a stand, a public declaration today that I love Jesus. She's been looking forward to this day for a long time. And Lord, as she's in that water, let her be reminded that her sins have been forgiven. As she comes out of the water, let her be reminded she's a new creature in Christ. And God, we just ask you to bless her, not only today, but for all the decisions she has to make days to come, that 20 years from now, we will look at hope and see, wow, what a great woman of God. Lord, take her from this moment on, and we thank you for it, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Please stand up here, this way, that's it. With your right hand, hold your nose, and your left hand, hold your wrist. Faith forward, I now baptize you. yourself to us, please. I'm Pam Clore. And uh, Pam, I have a question I need to ask you. I ask everyone. Do you love Jesus? Yes, I do. Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. Now, I know you have some family here, right here. Your daughter's coming in after you. Wasn't that nice of her to let you go first? Okay. Yes, it was. <laughs> and um, Pam is an example of a family leading friends 
we say, I don't have friends. Yeah, yeah, we have friends, and, uh, and I'm just thankful for the example that they have put in your life. Is there anything you'd like to see out here to your church family? I just want to thank everybody for being there for me through everything I've gone through, and Tash, my mother-in-law, Sandy. Oh, awesome. Okay. So I just pray that God's going to help. Sometimes we try to find out what's God's will for our life. And uh, as, as a mom, boy, there's, there's nothing, well, I'm a dad, but it's a high calling, high calling. So you love that family and take care of that family. And I know you're still working, you have all kinds of things going on, so here's the schedule that God's going to help you with. And you know that. Father, we pray for Pam today. God, we just ask your blessing upon her life. We thank you for this stand that she has made. Lord, this last year, I kind of lose track of time, but Lord, she has really, really grown. She's been hungry for God, and we just ask you to bless her with strength, with health, with energy, with decisions that she has to make. And Lord, I pray that that home is going to be filled with love and peace and harmony because of God Almighty. Lord, just fill that place. Continue to lead Pam in the steps that she needs to take, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Stand up here, please, and with your right hand, hold your nose, and your left hand, hold your wrist. Bless your hands for evil. Stand before I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for my sister. God, I just pray that you would just watch over her all the days of her life. She's making a decision today publicly to say, I love Jesus. So, Lord, with that in mind, we have no problem asking you to guide her today and all the tomorrows that are ahead. When the peer pressures come, boy, teenagers, wow. When the peer pressures come, God, that you would just take care of her and watch over her all the days of her life. Of her life. And we thank you for it pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Right hand, hold your nose, please. Left hand, hold your wrist. Raise your hands up right now. Baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
What's your name, Josh? Josh Caracas. I have two questions to ask you. Do you love Jesus? I do. Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? I do. I know you have family out here, and I'm sorry that your mother's not here and you're also going to be here part of this. It's good to have Dad here. Is there anything you'd like to say to your family and friends here? Just thank you for being there for me. And they're not done. They're not done. That's what church family is. We're going to be there for each other, okay? And you're at that crazy age where many of us have been there. And God's been faithful to us. And God's going to respect those people who love you just as much as he loves you. He's going to be there for you. Okay? You keep reaching out to him. The Bible says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So you stay close to Jesus, okay? Father, I pray for my friend. I just pray your blessing upon him that nothing will keep him from God's plan and purpose for his life, that he will follow you today and all the days of his life with the pressures of life. God, I just believe that Josh is going to be spiritually stubborn enough to do what God wants him to do rather than what the peers want him to do. Let him make decisions that will glorify you. And God, we thank you for that. We can't wait to see his life down the road. We, we can't wait to see what God's doing in his life. And we just thank you for him. In Jesus' name. Stand up here, Josh. Do what your right hand holds in your own. Your left hand holds in this. Joshua Caracos, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. here by the mic. Would you give us your name, please? Darren. And Darren, I've asked everybody the same questions I'm going to ask you. Do you love Jesus? Absolutely. Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Okay. And I know you have family out here, and they're really, really proud of you. I know I'm proud of seeing you up here. Sometimes it seems easier for a young man, but here you are saying, you know what? Do you have any words you want to say? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Just, I did this when I was uh, young, and I wandered from God. I just want to make a declaration publicly. God said to my family, say that for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, I thank you for Darren. God, I just ask your blessing upon his life. Lord, you hear the cry of this husband, the cry of this father. That's for me and my house. He's making a stand today. This is not easy. I know this is not easy for him to do here. But he's doing this for you, for his family, but Lord, for himself, knowing that this is going to help him. He's going to remember this day where he made that decision. No turning back. God, thank you for his life. I just ask you to bless him with the questions he has in life, with the decisions that he must make, with the strength he needs for his family. God, we know that you will provide it all. Take care of my brother, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my friend. 
as we normally do um, you saw the video you saw these that were here today and there may be someone out there that God is really speaking to and say you know what it's your turn and you've had this opportunity the last couple weeks and you just haven't done anything about it but, but maybe now you're saying you know what I think this is my time well you might say we didn't bring a towel hey we have extra towels just for you it's warm outside. You can go home wet. Not a big deal. But folks, is there anybody here today who say, Pastor Dan, I believe God wants me to do this today and be water baptized. Anybody else? Um, I, I know just one permission. We good? Come on up. Okay. Come on. Right through here. Right through here. Anybody else today? This is your opportunity. It's okay. No big deal. Come on. Come on through this door right here then, okay? There you go. This is pretty exciting, huh? She did. <laughs> Do you love Jesus? Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Okay, we're glad to hear that. You have family out here as well, and I know that they're really, really proud of you. But is there anything you'd like to say to your family and friends here today? Thank you for the wisdom, my daughter. Okay. Okay, we're going to continue doing that. I just want you to know that we pray often for you. And your life has been hills and valleys, but God's been with you, and he promised he will not leave you. Don't you hear me? He will not leave you. Your Father, Heavenly Father, will not leave you. He will not leave you. He's always there. You can always count on him, okay? Father, I pray for Victoria today. I ask your blessing to be upon her. She's making a bold statement. And God, I just ask your blessing to be upon her, that you would just rest upon her. Give her peace in her mind, in her spirit, in her home. God, we just ask you to take care of her all the days of her life. Let her know that you love her, that you will not forsake her. Let her be sure that God is with her forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Good.
folks, thank you for being here and not feeling in a rush. And um, just didn't know how long this was going to take, but I'll tell you what, I could stay here all day. This was awesome. Why do we do what we do? Because Jesus is the only one who can change a life. And when he changes one life, as he works in that person, they can change many. And this is just like a ripple effect. And I believe that wherever these folks go, they're like stones in a pond, and they're just going to make an impact out there. And uh, so uh, thank you for staying. Thank you for supporting them. And I would like to invite everyone to stand, and we're going to close in prayer today. Father, today we celebrate what you have done. We celebrate new life in Christ. We celebrate this time of baptism. We celebrate changed lives. We celebrate what you're about to do. Lord, you have begun a great thing in their life, and we believe, Lord, that that, that is going to continue until the coming of the Lord. And God, we just pray that your hand will be upon each one of these that were baptized today. We pray that they will make a difference in their world and that your grace will help them to have the strength to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. Lord, we just pray your hand to be upon them. And, and God, for this entire body today, we just thank you for your blessing. And Lord, thank you that you had a plan for our life before we were ever saved, before we ever gave our life to Jesus. And I pray that each one of us will see that fulfilled because of your love for us. We love you, Lord. Your hand to be upon each of us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you as you go. Greet one another.